welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today my co-host is Roberts. How's it going? It's going good, how's it going for you? Uh, not quite so great, I've been kind of sick over the last couple of days. Uh, I believe I caught COVID, I think it was a few days ago. Uh, feeling better today, but um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a wonder I got certain podcasts out this week, because... Uh, even our, our uh, Man vs. B Season 1 review required a bit of editing. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we're here this week, we're back. Um, I said to you yesterday, like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do the show because I don't know how I'll be feeling by this time tomorrow, but I'm still a little bit sick, but I think we'll be able to do this show uh, and we'll see how things go. Um, anyway, in between all that, what have you been playing in the last week or so? I've uh, been tr- still trying to keep up with the uh, um, Ninja Turtles. I got past the one level I was having a problem with. I uh, got to level 12, and I'm kind of stuck on that level because that one's a much tougher level. It's actually got two stages with no um, kind of checkpoint or anything like that, so you tend to either get good or just get over it. Um, still playing some Fallout 76. I've been actually putting effort into doing the... Uh, the season scoreboard, as they call it. Basically, it's just a daily and weekly points challenge thing to where if you make certain challenges, you get points, and then uh, you get rewards for that. So I've been... I've, it's been around for a while. Uh, I never really paid a whole lot of attention to it, so I'm just starting to do that now um, just to see if it's worth the grind on it because it is a lot of grind, and I'm not the biggest fan of that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you enjoying the Ninja Turtles game? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, it's a... It's a fun nod to the old school, you know, coin-op side-scrollers that I grew up on playing in the arcade. Um, and it's very much that. Um, I haven't done the co-op thing yet. It's basically just me being doing a solo run, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, I've not gone back to that game yet. I've still got it installed and all that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, so I finished, uh, well, I mentioned last week, I think, finishing Siphon Filter. Good game. I'm um, going to have a classic reviews episode for that at some point. Uh, finished Toy Story 2, uh, which was good fun as well. That one took less time than what um, Siphon Filter did. But that was that was a good experience to go through, especially as a Toy Story fan and all that sort of thing. So that was good. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I unsubscribed to the PS Plus thing. Because when I went to look at like what I was going to play next... Um, I looked at the date of when my PS Plus renews, and it was like, I think the next day or something. And then I thought like, okay, I've played a couple of the um, PS1 games there. I want to wait to see what ones they had next month, uh, like for, for this month, of course. And we've got Stray coming as well. But I thought like, okay, I should probably get back to, now that I've played a couple of those PS1 games like I wanted to, I should get back to... Um, What's called to playing some new games for this year, so I can finish off some stuff. So I went back to Dying Light again. Um, again, a bit of an adjustment period. I I think I've start, started and stopped playing that game too much. Um, I think is maybe a problem as well. Uh, but I'm still I still got back into it. Um, it took me ages to work out how to get to where my newest mission is because it was in a different area, which I sort of didn't realize or whatever but i've just kind of gotten back to that as i said over the last couple of days i've been sick and stuff um i went to play dying like a couple of days ago and i just just i just 
couldn't because <laughs> I was just not well. Um, but I've been, as you'll find out in a minute, I've been binge watching the uh, third season of Star Trek Discovery. I was finding it easier to watch things than to play things, and I have so much. To, I have so much to do with both anyway that I just stuck with some TV, and I thought, hey, if I just kind of sit here and watch Star Trek, I can at least get that finished. So that's what I've been doing. But I've got a bit more energy back. So once we finish this episode today, because um, because there's different parts of this illness and that right like there's the energy levels which is a, a an important thing uh there's the coughing and all that sort of stuff but i don't mind if i'm sitting there and coughing because i can just sort of drink water and take medicine and that but when you've got the tiredness that, that comes in and stuff it's it's kind of difficult to to deal with that because it depends on the time of day and all that sort of stuff so uh but no, i've got a bit of my energy back so once we finish this episode here today i'll go and try and play some more um dying light 2 and get back into the uh, the swing of that. I also um, got a game called uh, Lake. Have you heard of this game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a deliver it's a delivery game. I, I streamed the first thirty minutes or so, roughly. I think that the Let's Play should be on YouTube by now. Um, and by the way, even if you're subscribed to us on YouTube, just manually check the channel anyway because YouTube's crap. Um, but um, but no, that was kind of a that was that was kind of a peaceful calming game that i sort of needed it doesn't really require too much energy it's very simple um at the moment at least you're not really put on any sort of timers or anything you just uh you, you go door to door and obviously you're driving and stuff and you're just simply you get out of the van if you need a parcel you go to the back of the van if it's just a letter you've got those on you and you walk up to the house and um you know, you, you press the X button to deliver the mail. Uh, there's also interesting bits of dialogue. Like she, uh, this woman that you're playing as, used to live in this particular area like 20 years ago. And certain people are like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that name. And she explains the backstory and stuff. So there's a bit of dialogue going on there. Nothing too sort of deep at the moment. But uh, again, I want to finish Dying Light first. Kind of, kind of go through that and then I'll focus a bit more on the lake. I just wanted to see if I'd even like it first. So I, I tried out the first <coughs> little pop that um but other game let me just actually read what might be helpful actually is so i've gone back with boomerang and i have sorted out my list again um i'm just going to read my list that will probably be helpful on it so that you all know what i'm aiming to play next uh so on the games to rent part it's got nintendo switch sports kobe kobe kirby and the forgotten land quarry deliver us the moon and then Mario uh, Strikers Battle League Football. And then on coming soon. Not everything's going to be up to date yet. Uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum. Just out of curiosity. Marvel's Midnight Suns. Gotham Knights. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Which I'll probably actually buy. But still stuck on that list. And then Forspoken. Which has actually been moved since. Uh, and then currently renting. I've got Dying Light 2. And The Lake. Both for PS5. Um... Yeah, so that uh, that coming soon list will get updated at some point. In fact, actually, I don't know what other games... I suppose Callisto Protocol needs to be in there at some point. But that's, like, all the way in December. So that, that they don't need to add that there yet. Because I've, I've messaged them before and said, like, hey, how come you don't have this game coming soon? And it's once they get a message from their suppliers about uh, availability of stuff. But we're only in July, and that Callisto Protocol's out in December. So... No worries there. Um, so, what do you know about the? Have you seen much of the lake? Because you mentioned that you'd you'd heard of it before. Uh, I, yeah, one of the streamers that I follow played it for a few uh, 
streams. It looks it, it very much looks like a chill game, so mm. yeah, that's good. Any interest for you to play it? Uh no, it's one of those games that I'll watch somebody stream because I don't have an interest in playing it, mm. but I'm curious about the game itself. Okay. Cool. Uh, so that's what we're going to. Uh, that's what we're going to be playing going forward, um, and we'll update you once we've played some more of whatever. Right, let's move on to our sponsor for this week, or for currently, not just this week, but currently, uh, it's Manscaped. Um, so if you are a man or you are looking for uh, a place to get a grooming gift for somebody, uh, for a man in your life, um, basically Manscaped are very good at doing man's grooming. Uh, products and everything like that uh, and if you would like to go on there and either treat yourself or a man in your life or just buy it for somebody that you want to uh, we've got a good deal with them at the moment so if you go to Manscaped's uh, website which you don't even need to type in Manscaped by the way you can uh, look in the link in the show notes uh, you just scroll down a little bit our Manscaped ad will be listed there and you click on the Manscaped's uh, website name that will take you straight over there so that you can start looking at things uh, got different razors uh, nose trimmers and uh, nose hair trimmers rather uh, ear trimmers different uh, kits for different things as well so like a variety of different items and everything like that so you can have like a browse and look through and think okay if one kit that they've got is not for you they've got a few different sort of uh, packets of stuff over there as well um, very well packaged very well put together the items themselves are very very well made all feels really professional and sort of premium and everything nothing sort of like tatty or second hand or anything nothing feels like it's going to sort of break so a good value for money there. Speaking of value for money, uh, we've got a course to deal with Manscaped. If you want to go over there and buy some stuff and you're thinking, oh, you know, you have to pay too much money. Um, well, if you use the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, you can get 20% off your order and that nice free shipping as well. So you don't have that tacked on to your price at the end. So go over there, have a browse of Manscaped's website, have a look for the stuff uh, for yourself. And uh, then type in that nice promo code ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K-U-K, 20% off and free shipping with Manscaped. Thanks very much to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Now we move on to some housekeeping um, in a minute, and then move on to some news. See you in a minute. Hi there. If you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link, which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right-hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there. If you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show 
or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show all right so recently on entertainment talk let me just refresh the website for a second uh, so, a couple of podcasts in the last few days that I somehow managed to make, even though I wasn't particularly well. Uh, went out today, just a few hours ago, to see Thor, Love and Thunder, and I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Gave it a higher scale uh, rating for our must-see rating. I uh, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, Tahika Wahiti doing a really, really good job with the directing and everything over there. Uh, if you've not seen Thor, Love and Thunder, you can still listen to the first half, which is where you can get my spoiler-free thoughts and impressions so that's the latest thread of the mcu and of course next week uh, miss marvel i believe wraps up with episode six uh what's the next marvel thing after that is it she hulk i think in august i think who knows i mean release dates mean nothing at this point right i think that's the next planned one after that and then i think it's maybe black panther maybe because uh, i think things like i think things like guardians three and next year if I'm uh, remembering correctly. Uh, but that's it for the MCU at the moment. Thor and then Miss Marvel next week. Uh, over on, as I mentioned, watching Star Trek Discovery. Uh, I brought back the uh, Discovering Star Trek podcast that we've got. This time for a season review for Star Trek Discovery. Because Paramount Plus released weirdly over here. And the season came out late. So we got it as a box set. So I reviewed it as a box set. So this season's coverage for that is very different. Last three seasons, of course, has been weekly reviews. So... It was a bit, a bit of a different thing for me to tackle. But you can still get my thoughts on Star Trek Discovery Season 4. Been renewed for Season 5. That will be arriving at some point as well. Uh, Rowan Atkinson is back doing his good old comedy thing. Not as Mr. Bean. But there is a B involved uh, in this thing. It's called Man vs. B. It is technically a Season 1. They are actually episodes. The first one is 20 minutes. And the other are about 10 minutes long. So they're little sort of short episodes put together. Uh, I gave it a must-see rating. Um, on the lower scale, the must-see rating, but still really, really quite good. A bit more uh, depth than what you might expect. Not quite the not quite the full-on just slapstick man versus B. There's like other things kind of going on as well. So I quite enjoyed that. Again, first half of that is spoiler-free. Um, the Boys has now finished for its uh, third season, hasn't it? Uh, season three, episode eight, is the newest episode, so you can go and listen to my coverage of seasons, mainly of seasons two and three. I think I did a season one review, but seasons two and three. We did a weekly podcast for that. I'll be back at some point, I guess, in the next year or so for season four. Uh, Westworld still continued uh, recently as well. This week's episode is season four, episode two. Uh, David's on holiday currently at the moment, so he's not able to cover Westworld with me at the moment. He also won't be on this week's Better Call Saul podcast because, again, he's on holiday currently. Because uh, Better Call Saul will be back for its last six episodes starting this upcoming Tuesday. So look out for that. But that's Westworld at the moment, season four, episode two. Um, so for this upcoming week, Westworld will be Monday, Tuesday will be Better Call Saul, Wednesday should be Miss Marvel. So look out for all those podcasts. Um, last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about God of War. We're going to be talking about it here again today. Um, Sucker Punch and some update as to what they are and aren't working on. And an update for eFootball regarding certain licensed deals for the future. Me and Robert wrapped up our po- uh, coverage for Superman and Lois on the CW. So that's the CW Superheroes Superman and Lois podcast wrap up. Uh, Stranger Things, that little show came back for a two-episode spell, uh, the second volume of season four, if we're calling it that. 
uh, and I covered those episodes. Again, if you've not seen those, uh, spoiler-free first half of those reviews. Uh, a review for that chat podcast for this month talking about june 2022 our best month that we've had we talked about the abortion discussion ongoing at the moment with what's happening in the u.s uh, some tv coverage um updates and stuff talked about work talked about grinder uh, grinder sorry and an update to our patreon thing at the moment and that is everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's jump into some news So, last week, Robert, we were talking about God of War, but in a different context. Of course, last week, if you missed the discussion, basically there was abuse um, being held towards the developers over at Santa Monica Studio, and we read out one woman's particular story involving a dick pic, unfortunately. That's all in last week's discussion. We've already discussed that. Um, And it was over, of course, the fact that the game hadn't been shown, and there was no release date. But again, these developers need to take the time that they have to make. Um, so that they can actually make the video game and make it in a good quality so that when it comes out people don't moan about the game being bad but they'll still moan about something anyway but uh, regardless of that we do now have an actual release date I closed my web browser for some reason Uh, let me just open that back up there we go so God of War Ragnarok is releasing on unfortunately PS4 are we going to say that? PS4 and PS5 as well. Uh, it's going to be out on November 9th, 2022, which is um 28th, one week, just under two weeks after Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is the 28th of October. So the week after that is Friday, the 4th of November, and then Wednesday is the 9th of November which is when it's coming out. Wednesday's a weird day. Usually games mm-hmm. come out on Tuesdays. There's been there's been some PlayStation games in the past. I think Uncharted at one point came out on a Tuesday, but you usually usually things like films, seasons of TV shows, episodes of TV shows, games will come out usually on a Friday. Um although certain films have started coming out like earlier Thursday and it's counted towards like box office weekend and all that. Um, but most games, as far as I'm aware, come out on Fridays. You usually get places like Apple, uh, Amazon, and Netflix dropping episodes of TV on Fridays. I noticed Disney's moved to, to Wednesdays because, you know, not everything has to come out on a Friday. Um, so, um, what do you reckon, Robert? 9th of November. Yeah, it's cool that they're getting it. I honestly didn't think it would come out um, this year, but, you know, they've got a date. Let's see. If they stick to it. hmm Yeah. Uh, so I dropped a little comment there about PS4. What do you reckon on the game still being on that? And do you think it will? Do you think it will hold back the PS5 version? I don't think it'll hold back. I just don't think it'll be as enjoyable on the PS4. Oh no. Because that machine is um, really long in the tooth, um, and the hardware just can't keep up with a game like that. So it's just not going to be an optimal experience. Hmm. I mean, weren't people making... You know back in, was it 2018? God of War Revival? 
Mm-hmm. Um, people were making jokes at the time of like, oh, I'm going to really enjoy God of War, but my PlayStation is going to take off like a helicopter. Uh, and it, and if you, if that's a game from four years ago, and people were making the same jokes, I think about like Last of Us Two and well, any any game that came out after that, so like Ghost of Tsushima, um, what was the other one, Hor- Horizon and stuff like that. Even with Horizon Forbidden, um, what was the first one? Zero Dawn. Uh, people were making jokes about like, oh, look how... For Spider-Man as well, in 2018, when that came out. You know, people were filming videos of like, oh, look, Spider-Man looks great and it plays really great, but my PS4 sounds like a helicopter, so... I, I don't know. Because um, th- there's there's a discussion to be had here a little bit about like... There's what, 120-something... 110 something PS4s out in the wild and supposedly arguments be made because things like COD Modern Warfare 2 coming out on PS4 um every uh, was Elden Ring on I think Elden Ring was on PS4 Dying Light was on PS4 uh the New Horizon was on PS4 there there has been few games so far that have actually taken full advantage of PS5 because you've had um Returnal Ratchet and Clank obviously Astro was a particular Astro was like made for PS5 anyway. Astro's Playroom. But I suppose the argument about like, okay, are you gonna like are you gonna turn to those one hundred million plus PS4s and be like, nah, we we won't like, you know, get the sales from that, I suppose. What what do you make it what do you make of like the business decision there? Because I suppose well, every decision is gonna be, you know, business based in this case. So what what do you reckon on that? Yeah, I mean obviously with a game that was announced and designed to come out on the ps4 is not gonna not come out on the ps4 Um, but like i said i just don't think the hardware is going to be able to keep up with the graphics and it's just going to be a downscaled version of it Mm. um and you run into this with you ran into this with your ps4 with some games just running like garbage Mm. um and i've said since i've moved to the series x on my system i mean visually they there is a noticeable difference but more importantly, the hardware is just is just cooking. It's just way better than um, my my One S was doing. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's God of War Ragnarok. We finally have a release date. Um, at some point, once we've got like, because we're still getting a few delays here and there for certain things that we're going to talk about for Spoken in a minute. Um, we should probably go through not even maybe this month, maybe when we get to like August September, have a bit of a run through of like what's coming out let's say like October to December ish. Um, cause that's the sort of fall or autumn as we call it, uh, time period. So, um, but anyway, we're like first, just over first week of July. So it's a bit early to do that yet. Uh, let's talk about, um, E3. There's the picture. Um, so we have a tweet here from the official E3 account and they tweeted this. Apparently I took this screenshot on Thursday, so this is when they announced that. Because this is how I, I, I do things, by the way, in case some of you like new here or, or don't know. Throughout the week, as you know, I pay attention to social media and YouTube and trailers and, you know, uh, tweets about updates and stuff. I tend to just like screenshot things and think, okay, that's just me just sort of saving it for later. And then when I go to do these notes... I'll go, okay, let's look in my phone at the photos, at the screenshots I've taken. What I should probably do is, once I've done that, is put them into, like, a just gaming folder and then look at them that way. But I haven't done that yet. Uh, reminder for next week. You know, we're, we're in our first episode here, not episode 300-something. 
Um, but that's basically what I do. And then when I go to write down, there's certain things I'll like definitively remember, like if there's been a big game announcement or something. And then I'll usually write down like, hey, this thing, that thing, that thing. And then I'll just open my um, photos and just look at the screenshots. So that's how I do that. Um, what's your method of like getting news and writing it down and stuff? Uh, I have a couple of websites that I hit that are good for news. And so I'll just have web tabs open. I'm on my PC mm. uh, recording this. so Cool, cool. Sometimes if there's something really, really long that I want to read, I'll go to a website, just copy it, paste into into notes so I'm not relying on like, the web browser part there. So, uh, But let's go back to the E3 stuff. It says we're back E3 2023, so obviously for next year, will take place in June at the Los Angeles Convention Center with new partner Reed Pop, that's not important to us, that's a business part. Um, the folks behind PAX, it says, learn more here. Um, here's the, the way I would look at... First of all, I think this is a very, very good thing. I think E3 is necessary. I think it's exciting. And I think it's the better way to do things. And in terms of that like summer spurt of you know gaming news that we have. Summer Game Fest is okay. The the problem with Summer Game Fest is it's not focused. As to whereas to with E three it's like, hey, here's the Xbox thing, here's the Bethesda thing, here's Sony's thing, and you know who's gonna say what about what, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from Microsoft, because Microsoft has been a little bit more third party based, and you could expect like other games to maybe show up there. So Xbox can be a little bit different. Plus that's now Xbox and Bethesda, so that's where Bethesda sort of slots in. Um, and then you have like the Ubisoft stuff and the EA thing and you know it goes on and on from there Um, whereas with Summer Game Fest it's just like hey here's two hours and we're going to just show you some games and it's not really like you might end up skip you might end up skipping I don't know half an hour 45 minutes of the show if you're not you know interested Um, whereas if if there's a Nintendo Direct an E3 based Nintendo Direct and you have absolutely no interest in Nintendo games at all you know you can just completely skip that. Or if you have no interest in, you know, sports and Star Wars games, you know you can completely skip E3, uh, EA. Um, or if you don't have an Xbox, maybe you can skip Xbox's event. I don't know. So, But ha- how I think this should work from now on is I would like in June, I don't care what the date is, um, for us to get an E3 and say, hey, on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, for example, these companies are going to go at this time, which is how it traditionally worked. And I don't think there's, there, was, there was anything wrong with that. I also do prefer the live stage stuff. I know some people don't always like it. It depends on, you know, what they want to put together for things. But um, I prefer that. And I think Jeff Keighley, I like Jeff Keighley. I think he's a good host. I don't think he does really anything wrong. And because him talking about certain contents on the show is different to his ability to present the show. Because he's got, like, ads and stuff that he's got to do and whatever. But... I think if he sticks to... Because he can still do a Summer Game Fest if, if he gets like exclusives of some kind. But I think he should stick to mainly doing the Game Awards. Because I do like the Game Awards. Because that's kind of the awards and trailers and announcements and stuff. Which I think is good. And then still have involvement in Summer things. But then leave the majority of the big stuff to the E3 thing. Um, and then if if you do have like a Sony or someone that turns around and says like, hey, no, we're not doing E3 this year. Like there was that year they just completely skipped E3, although they've not done anything this summer either. Um, if they want to do that, then they don't have to be forced to like put something out. 
Um, but where are you kind of sitting with with E3 and Game Awards and Summer Game Fest? How do you think it should all kind of be put together? Uh, well, I'm definitely a fan of there actually being a scheduled time for everything. That makes it a lot easier to organize and find out what's what with anything. Um, not the biggest fan of it coming back to L.A. just because L.A. is not a safe place to be. And really at any point in time in history, but especially now, uh, things have gotten way out of control. I would argue America um, isn't really, but... so No, trust me. California, way worse. Um, crime is just through the roof there. It's also crazy expensive. Um, literally, like, anything you have is going to cost three times as much being in L.A. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's, it's cool that it's trying to make a comeback. I just think what we've seen, you know, with the last couple of years, you know, the whole in-person event isn't really necessary anymore. Um, it can be done virtually at a tenth of the cost. So, mm. I agree with that part. I, I do think that you don't necessarily need a crowd, I think. But I, I, I do... I would always like the idea of, like, hey, we have... Um, let's just say, for, for random example, right, you've got... Um, not Sean Layden, what's his name? What's the Sony guy's name? He says, uh, hey, here's, you know, we're bringing out Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog to, like, come mm. onto the stage and then, like, oh, what's he going to talk about? And all, all this kind of stuff. Or, like, hey, we've got so-and-so from Sucker Punch or so-and-so from Guerrilla Games um, to come out onto the stage to talk about the new project and it's omin- ominous and everything. Um, but one thing I also really like about that is when you've got, like, a studio that comes out as well and like hey we got something just new to show you and you get a trailer that starts and it starts and there's a camera shot panning through the woods or a bit of street or a bit of this and you're looking at a trailer and trying to think what is it is it this is it that i i really love doing that um unless you have like a trailer starts and master chief you know jumps out or something and you then you know it's halo um or halo wars or whatever uh, but I, I do like that sort of, hey, so-and-so has come out onto the stage, director of this and that, and we've got something new to show you. And then just, hey, let the trailer speak for itself. I, I do really, really like that. Because um, crowd cheering and stuff at, at cool trailers is, is a nice touch, but it's not, like, 100% necessary. It's not necessary for me to, like, enjoy that from, from home, I think. Um, and, and I do think over the last couple of years with all the COVID thing and all that, where these shows have had to be more sort of digital and stuff and, you know, from home and everything. Uh, obviously, we've gotten better with that now. There's more stage stuff happening than, than what there was a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I don't think we quite need, like, crowds. I, I still like just people coming out onto a stage and talking about something. As long as, as, long as what it is that they're saying is interesting and, like, a good enough length... Um, and it doesn't even have to be like, hey, we have this gameplay thing or this thing to show off. Just to sort of like, hey, yeah, we're working on this. It might be to do with this or that. Um, one kind of example of that is on the Summer Game Fest thing when they were doing the Last of Us parts. <coughs> and Neil was saying like, um, hey, we're doing this with the TV show. We're doing this with the remake. We're doing this with the multiplayer game. And Jeff Keighley turned around to him and said like, hey, so you've mentioned everybody else directing other things. What are you directing on? And he just kind of ominously, calmly, just said like, "Hey, no, I'm I'm working on something as well." And it just it made it let led fans to think like, "Oh, there is like that. There's another thing 
in development like what is it could it be this could it be that and i find that interesting and kind of exciting obviously i do for that because i i'm a last of us fan of course if you're someone that doesn't care about it then you're not going to care about that section but um yeah we shall see but no i'm i'm good to i'm glad to hear this uh and we'll see what e3 can do next year i just think the problem with something like summer games fest and then like hey nintendo's doing this little direct and sony's doing like little things it, it's not quite as organized it's sort of there's been a few people that have kind of said since e3 has gone a bit uh, gone away or gone a bit weird is there's these press conferences and these things that are happening and sometimes you'll look at them and you'll think like as enthusiasts people that consume all this and talk about it like do we need to pay attention to that and this and there's other little stream and an anniversary stream for example there was a stream announced i'm not sure if it's actually happened yet there was one announced for assassin's creed and i've since said that my interest is kind of dead on assassin's creed i was still curious to see what maybe they would say about this um that live service game that they mentioned for assassin's creed um and i was like oh do i need to like pay attention to that and is that just going to be for ragnarok stuff which i don't care about and i can't remember the date for it or if it's happened or they said it's an anniversary stream to celebrate it and i was like ah okay but if you put that within like a ubisoft forward thing or something it makes a bit more sense so we shall see we shall see uh anything else you want to say about e3 no not really okay um so uh the next we got to talk about is uh matrix demo update do you remember robert there was a demo called the unreal engine 5 matrix awaken demo do you remember that being a thing very very vaguely yeah um so it came out i want to say game awards the year just gone i think it was um and it was this free to play demo that showed off it was more of a graphical thing within unreal engine 5 i did do like a i suppose you could say let's play in quotes for it and i tested it out and once the like set piece part of the demo was done you could sort of walk around i think it was new york or wherever it was um and you could test out different filters and things it was very very experimental um, but this says here, the Unreal Engine 5 uh, Matrix Awakens demo leaves PlayStation Store on Saturday, which would have been yesterday. This was for uh, the 9th of July. I don't know why. Um, I didn't actually specifically look at the particular reason. I'm going to guess it's some sort of maybe license issue or, or, or something like that. Um, or not enough people downloaded it or something. But yeah, as, as you kind of mentioned a minute ago there... This sort of came and went very quickly. I remember, because this was like advertised during the Game Awards because the film was coming out, wasn't it, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Resurrections or whatever it was called, which didn't do well and apparently wasn't a very good film. Um, so this came out as like a promotion piece and, you know, Keanu Reeves was there and everything. Obviously, it's his job to, to do that. Um, we love Keanu Reeves, but, you know, he was he was part of the film and everything. And it came out, and a lot of people were like, oh, this has got like massive potential, and it looks really good, and all this kind of stuff. And at the time, I didn't actually have my, my PS5 at that time, um, so I took sort of no interest. Um, but what do you make of this leaving leaving the store, and the fact that, like, I mean, it's a demo, people are going to try it, and then that's basically it. But the conversation for this has kind of gone, so what do you make of this situation? Yeah, I mean, it was a demo, so honestly, it's not that big of a deal that it's getting delisted off of... A platform. It's not like it was a game that people paid money for. Yeah, yeah. So, um, kind of reminds me a little bit. I know it's a different context of situation, but with PT, because that was like a that was a free demo, obviously made by 
Kojima and uh, his production team. Um, and obviously that was because Konami is Konami and Konami makes Konami-based decisions. But um, yeah, that was of course something as well that got delisted off the uh, PS4 store. Um, by the way, in case some of you are wondering if you've downloaded this before or if you've still got PT, I think. Um, <coughs> as long as you've downloaded it originally, you've got the license, you can um, go and re-download both those games if as long as you've got the license for them so that's that for matrix there's a dog barking somewhere somewhere i was i was gonna say behind the house but behind this house is woods i've never heard that dog before can you hear that yeah i can hear but then again i got i got really good hearing so i hear everything okay um Right, let's move on and talk about where did my thing go for Forspoken? Here we go. Uh, so PS5's Forspoken release date has been delayed until 24th of January 2023. Uh, so this is a message from the Forspoken team over at Luminous Productions from Square Enix. It says, as a result of ongoing discussions with key partners, we have made the strategic decision to move the launch date of Forspoken to January 24th, 2023. All game elements are now complete and development is in its final polishing phase. Uh, we would like to thank you for your continued support and patience on this journey. <coughs> your excitement for the game inspires us every day and we cannot wait to share more about Forspoken with you later this summer. Which hopefully means a new gameplay video. Or something along those lines. I think the release date before was October something or other. The release date before that was May something. Um, so this game was sort of supposed to be out. Of course, you know, we don't want a broken game to come out. We don't want a game in a bad t uh, state to be released. Um, I'm one of the apparently few that have looked at or spoken and been very impressed. Um, certainly from a gameplay perspective of the admittedly little that we've seen. But still been very impressed by it. Uh, there have been some people out there who have said that it's not looked very impressive or very interesting. They've said some of the, particularly some of the dialogue and stuff has been like not great and, and things like that. So uh, maybe it does lead, need a little bit of work. Um, but I was happy with what was shown, at least for, as far as what we've seen so far. So I'm disappointed we won't be able to play it this year. I was looking forward to playing it in October and in May as well. But uh, Robert, what do you make of uh, Spoken's delay? Uh, like I said earlier, I mean release dates mean nothing so is it bummer for the people that want to play it yes absolutely am i mm. shocked absolutely not yeah yeah uh you didn't have much interest in this game did you i don't think no but you know it's one of those things that you know i know other people are interested for it so yeah yeah but was there anything particular about it that like made you sort of eh towards it or was it just a general it's just kind of, of a feeling? general vibe okay okay um but no for me particularly um I mean, I didn't listen, like, in-depth to all the lines and stuff, because that's what some people were moaning about, but I thought the gameplay itself looked pretty great, like, the different abilities and stuff that you could use, so we'll have to see what uh, happens with Forspoken. Uh, anyway, so moving over to Rockstar, not Rocksteady, Rockstar. Um, we got a bit of an update about GTA 4, Red Dead Redemption, um, and GTA 6 as well, which we've spoken about. A few times it says here, uh, GTA 6 is Rockstar's focus as Red Dead Redemption. GTA 4 remasters are apparently shelved. Uh, there was also a piece of news attached to this as well that players within 
<coughs> Red Dead Redemption Online or Red Dead Online, I suppose it's called, were having an in-game funeral for the game itself because like lack of content updates and all that sort of stuff. As far as I'm aware, GTA Online is still thriving. That's where they've made most of their money for like the last ten years uh, since because GTA GTA Five. 2013 Xbox 360 PS3 mm. that's 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 where that started um and now we're all the way into the Series X um uh, PS5 era of course PC is always just PC anyway so um me myself I'd like to play a remaster of Red Dead Redemption especially if it came in the Undead Nightmare thing which I do want to play through um cuz although I I did play a back compact version of that through the Xbox 1 but it wasn't great to control and that sort of thing. I, I think that's a game that's, you know... I mean, Red Dead Redemption's 2011, I think? 2010, 2011? That could, that, that could do with a bit of a, you know, fresh coat of paint. A bit, bit of a remaster. A bit of, bit of retooling of those, um, you know, gameplay mechanics and, and that sort of thing. Fresh coat, fresh coat of paint. Uh, GTA 4 is one of my favourite games. Um, I, In terms of the story and the characters, I think it's the best Grand Theft Auto that we've had. Um, there was, I think there was an online element to GTA 4, but it never took off in the way that GTA 5's did. I don't think GTA 4's multiplayer expanded in quite the way that, um, 5's did either. So, but again, that was, like, back in, like, a, a different time. So, there we go. Um, but yeah, GTA 6's Rockstar's Focus and Red Dead Redemption, GTA 4 Remasters shelved. So I'm trying to do some calculations here. So Red Dead Redemption 1, 2011, I think. Um, GTA 5, 2013. Red Dead Redemption 2 was 2018. Bit of a stretch of time there. Uh, 2018. We haven't had any games since then, have we? Last four years. Of course, Red Dead Online's kind of been there in the background since what 2013 2014 i can't remember when that launched but because i don't think gta la- online launched with gta 5 i think it was later uh, yeah it was it actually, like a month later yeah yeah it actually had some problems at launch didn't it which they've clearly ironed out now i wonder what the since gta 5's release so let's pin that 2013 time period so nine going on 10 years where rockstar's resources have gone into things um, because there has been a lot of time, and I know obviously Red Dead Redemption Two would have been a massive undertaking, and they did the not great remasters ish of the trilogy. Was it? I think it was three by City San Andreas. Those didn't turn out very good. I'm just wondering because Rockstar is one of those companies that like you kind of do have unlimited time and money in a way. Uh, unlimited time in the way that they're not going to be thinking every four or five years like shit. We got to get a game out. Because, you know, they got GTA Online sitting in the background, giving them money. Um, lo- loads of money to go around. Like, you talk, GTA 5 sold, what, like 150, 160 million copies, something like that? Um, of course, it's been, you know, three generations worth of, of consoles. But I-, I just wonder why you'd need to shelve the remasters for these other games um, with the, with the resources available. Um, what what do you mean? Maybe it's just not coming out right. Maybe yeah. they're, they're doing it. They're getting halfway through it, and they're just like, "This is garbage." Hmm. Yeah. I, I guess you don't want to repeat, obviously, the mistakes of the trilogy remaster. So, 
Uh, what do you make of Rockstar at the moment with these games apparently being in the works and that? Well, um, obviously a lot of the resources have been going into GTA Online uh, with new content, new updates coming out. Not regularly, but regular enough that it's noticeable. Hmm. Um, they're constantly adding new um, ways to play the game. And that's kind of the biggest downfall of Red Dead Online is that you can't do, oh, now you can buy a tank, and now you can buy a flying laser car, and now you can do this and that and the other. Um, keeping it in you know, the Old West does limit that quite a bit for their online. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, because um, Red Dead Online hasn't obviously been out as long as GTA Online has. Um, I just, uh, I'm not, I'm not accusing Rockstar of this because they haven't done it yet. But if they, if they're gonna be, if they come out with like, this might seem very random, but just bear with me here. If they start coming out with like NFTs or something, because. Although I very much appreciate the games that Rockstar's made, like GTA 4, like I said, it was one of my favourite games. GTA 5, I think, is really, really good. Red Dead 1 and 2, masterpieces of games. You know, they've, they've cranked out some amazing stuff. Um, but Rockstar's changed a bit since GTA Online. And I can almost see them being a company, because they got new CEOs, I think, as well. Because I think the brothers left, or one of the brothers left, so... You know, a bit of a change in leadership, a bit of a change in uh, personnel can lead to some of these things happening. Um, but if they do come out with like, oh, here's some, you know, Red Dead, or like next year, right, 2023, hey, 10-year anniversary G uh, GTA NFTs, that's when you have to start throwing up big, like, question marks or whatever. Um, I'm not saying they're going to do that, I don't think they are, it's just, I don't know, I, I look at and think... You've just had, like, a lot of time, and, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I mean, it depends, like, because if GTA 6 is still going to be a couple of years away, which it probably is, are we going to get, like, GTA 4 remastered in, like, 10 years? Um, which would be then 20 years since uh, <laughs> GTA 5? I don't know. How, how long... So these three games, right? These specific three. GTA 6, Red Dead 1 Remaster. And GTA 4 Remaster. How long do you think it might take those games to be made? Probably a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see how many of those we've got in the next ten years. Let's see. <laughs> um, <coughs> right, let's move on to... Someone called Wario64. I've seen some tweets from this guy before. He tweets out, like, game-related news and whatnot. Bit of a Games with Gold update. Not for the actual games themselves. It says, starting in October, Xbox Games with Gold will no longer include Xbox 360 games. Then it says in brackets, Microsoft has reached the limits of... Sorry, to adding new 360 games to Games with Gold. End brackets. Games with Gold will continue to offer Xbox One games any... Claimed Xbox 360 games with gold titles can be re-downloaded regardless of membership. Yeah, so one of the things that we've both... Well, not not just me and you, but collect, collectively every month when it's... Hey, here's the games with gold. Whether it's the YouTube comments or Twitter comments where you have a fun little scroll through. 
collectively the opinion is maybe like one in ten people say oh there's like one of one of these games out of the four of them i'll dip into that's like what every one in ten people are saying the others are like this is a joke this is stupid no one cares about any of these games um and there is a little something to be said about like hidden gems of games just because you've never heard of a game before doesn't mean it's going to be bad necessarily right but it's just a selection of games that we've had with games of gold which for what a year two years at this point have been consistently sort of like once every four months you'll get a little nightmares or something like that i remember i think it was january of this year or last year and one of their months they did have like little nightmares and i thought okay that's a, that's a good pick and i think one of the other months they had lego batman 3 or something like that but this is diminishing the value of it even more because you are giving less of a selection. I just want to say this as well. If we individually take a look at the separate Games with Gold, so forget Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate, I'm talking about Games with Gold, so Xbox Live Gold, Games with Gold, which people don't really buy. Usually you get Game Pass Ultimate or just whatever, right? And you look at the basic version of PS Plus. So forget Premium, forget Deluxe and all the classic games and all that sort of stuff. If you take a look at both stripped down versions of the, the, the basic online subscriptions that you can get. I know that... Because PlayStation used to have six, didn't they? They used to have PS3, 4 and Vita, I think. And they used to have two of each, if I remember correctly. And then they stopped support for the Vita and that and then they stop the PS3 games so they do only offer the two games every now and again they'll give you a third bonus one sometimes it's been a nice VR game like I played that um Firewall Zero Hour and I had a pretty good time with the people I played online with for a bit so that was that was a good deal but I do think that for as long as this has gone on the the often times at least in my opinion and again whether you like these games or not are down to your personal preference and opinion and whether you think they're worth the value of the money that you're paying for the subscription. The two games that PlayStation have offered have more often than not been more popular or sort of bigger games than the other four. So if you're going over to Games of Gold and you're taking... And I'm saying that because this says we'll no longer offer the 360 games. That was two of the four of them because the other two were Xbox One games. So it's diminishing the quantity value of it and even though sony did do that because they took away the vita and ps3 games the two of the ps4 games that we've got in fact it's been three for a little bit because they've offered the, the odd ps5 game now and again as well but let's just stick with the two have been let's just say better received by people because you've had things like ratchet and clank before you've had like bloodborne you had i think like a hitman game at one point and xbox just isn't offering that so um anyway robert what do you think of this uh games with gold update situation for october i mean it was inevitable i mean they've been signaling for years that they're gonna move away with games for gold and just do the uh, uh ultimate game pass mm. yeah um i suppose because that's the thing is if you eventually stopped games with gold or something and you you still offered Game Pass, which obviously Game Game Pass is the thing that Microsoft wants you to subscribe to, really, right? Or Game Pass Ultimate. The thing is, with just because just subscribing to Game Pass doesn't get you online, does it? 
Because that's with Xbox Live Gold. Yeah. Yeah. Gold is the online, Game Pass is the game service, and Ultimate is both. But they're just going to dump Gold and then just dump the Game Pass and just do Ultimate or nothing else. Yeah. I, think I don't Mi- know that for sure, but that's clearly where they're going with it. I think what Microsoft should do, and I don't, know, I don't know how this will work out, is ditch Xbox Live Gold, have Game Pass for whether it's going to be a dollar for three months or ten dollars for whatever your pricing is going to be, right? Because they put out certain offers now and again. Include online play and discounts and whatever with that. Forget your monthly games and just go Game Pass, Game Pass, Game. You know the way that they have been doing it. They've been trying to add. <coughs> games to game pass for ages i i think they should maybe just do that at, at this point because i don't really think many gamers care about the the, the individual like oh what's going to be the games with gold selection this month because that's the part of the ultimate that's the um xbox live gold right apart from the okay access to online functionality of course if you want to download one of those games that's on Game Pass, and it has online play. So if you want to download like Master Chief Collection or Halo Five or whatever, um, you're still going to need that online, and you don't get that with Game Pass. You get that with games with gold. So, um, yeah, we shall we shall see. But it's it's going to be interesting one to see how Microsoft continues managing this, and at least this is some sort of update because they've just left this thing the way it is. For a long, long time. So it, it's some sort of acknowledgement. Maybe not the acknowledgement that we really wanted. But it's some sort of acknowledgement to change something. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's, it's a weird one. So anyway, that's the news I've got to talk about this week. How about you, Robert? A couple of big things. First up, uh, GameStop, the embattled uh, game retailer over here in the States, has uh, made a dramatic, a dramatic and dramatic... Bleh, bleh, I can't talk today. A dramatic and drastic shift. It announced that it is terminating CFO Michael Recupio effective immediately. Um, he only started as a CFO in June of 2021, so he's barely a year into the job and he's getting the boot. Uh, in its filings, GameStop said that Recupio was fired, quote, without cause, but the company did not share any further details around the nature of circumstances of his exit. Um, Diana Saheed Jihad, who is previously the senior, senior vice president and chief accounting officer, is taking up the role of CFO. In a memo uh, to staff obtained by CNN, GameStop CEO Matt Furlong said the company hired more than 600 people for corporate positions in 2021 and the first half of 2022. The company also opened corporate offices in Seattle, Boston, uh, Pembroke Pines, Florida in 2021. Which is weird because they are just in complete chaos for the store. Um, they've closed a lot of stores. I think something like 300 stores in the last year. Um, it's a dying business, so this is really bizarre. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which um, cause it's game GameStop games. Which one is this again? GameStop. GameStop. Right, right. Because there was some staff that were laid off from. Uh... Game Informer, I think, which has mm-hmm. happened before, actually. Game Informer well. is actually a part of GameStop. Yeah, yeah, that's why this has sort of happened. Because um, some of the... This was a few years ago when, when this sort of happened before. <coughs> I think it was a pre-pandemic thing. Because um, I, I used to listen to the Game Informer show. That's when it had... Um, 
Ben something or other, I can't remember the host's name, and it had some other people as well. And I really, really got into that podcast. It was really good. It was quite long, but it had like time codes and things like that. So, and they had lots of community. I think every week they had like an hour of community questions. It was really fun. Um, and then they had the same thing from uh, GameStop, um, where uh, you know things went bad basically, and a bunch of the hosts and co-hosts and stuff left. I think the actual at the time the Game Informer podcast host left. He started another company called Minmax. Um, I don't know why it's called Minmax, but it is. That's like another gaming podcast, and they started their own Patreon and all that kind of thing. Um, and uh, they took like it, the, the awkward part there was like, oh, now I've got the same because I just wanted these people's opinions on re- weekly gaming stuff, right? And it was like, oh, now instead of one two to three hour podcast, it's like, oh, now I have two like two hour podcasts, but the people I used to listen to are split into different groups. Because <laughs> um, some of them were over at MinMax and some of them were still at Game Informer, and yeah, it was it, it was not good. It, uh, you know, the people were still employed, which was the main important thing. Obviously, this situation's affected it again, but. Um, yeah, it seems like they need to find... Again, I don't work for them. I don't know how their business structure would work. But, um, yeah, clearly need to find a way to strip themselves away from GameStop in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how you would you would go about even doing that. But, because um, I used to... I think they used to do ads and stuff for GameStop for different games and that. Um, so it's obviously intricately tied with the company. Uh, but no, I, I did see a lot of, a few people, like, a few days ago, say, like, oh, you know, today really sucks, and all this kind of stuff, and, um, Game Informer and GameStop were kind of trending, so, yeah, it's the second, second time this has kind of happened in about three years, which, uh, which is not good. Um, did you ever, like, listen to anything from that side or anything like I did? Uh, no, I never found the Game Informer podcast. I would go into... GameStop every now and then, but it was always mm. 99% crap and maybe 1% video games. It, is Hot Topic a thing over in the UK? Maybe. It's not something I regularly hear about, at least. Okay, so. yeah, GameStop basically became <coughs> a Hot Topic for nerds. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. There, there is two shops over here. Um, I think one was called Game... Something or other. It was like a blue and white logo. And then one was called Game. It was like a pink logo. So somehow Game is... Somehow Game in the UK is still around. They're really, really expensive. Even though that's where I got my PS5 from. Because they were the only ones that had the damn thing in stock. <laughs> Just about. Um, But, yeah. Game in the UK still sells new games for like 55, 60, 70. Probably even more. That I've not, I've not actually been in there for, for a couple of years. Ever since I found... You know, Boomerang and that. Um, but I remember there was a game... What was it called? Uh, let's just call it Game GameStop for lack of diff- different thing. I can't remember what it was called. But it, it, the, the first part of the name was called Game. And then the second part, which was written in like grey or something, was, was a different name. Um, it wasn't called GameStation or something. But anyway, they were opposite a shop called CEX in the UK. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're a, they're a pretty good uh, second-hand shop. I mean, if you want to buy, like, consoles and laptops, that might be a different thing. But you can get games from there, definitely. You can get, like, DVDs and things like that. I think things are a bit they're a bit safer to buy. Things that, like, there's only a disc to, to worry about. Um, 
that's where that's why I also got my um, Disney Infinity Toy Story figures that are right in front of me right now because they were sitting on a shelf and you know I can't leave Toy Story um, things on shelves in in shops I have to buy that when that happens Um, but uh, yeah I I think CEX ended up kind of putting them out of business um, because they also had a shop in the main like high street uh, which was opposite game as well, and that that both of those shops basically shut down. So game and CEX are still living on, and the other one isn't. Basically, I also think it was a case where there was just too many game shops as well, because you also had like Argos you could buy games from. You had um, like WH Smiths for for a bit of time. Um, you still have, I think there's a shop called Smiths Toys or something, where so you go and buy toys. But I think you can buy games from there or something. So. Um, but what's the what's the game buying scene like in the uh, in the US? Um, it's one of those things that pretty much everybody buys it online, so the stores mm-hmm. are really outdated. Um, honestly, you haven't been in a store like that in a long time because I haven't had a really need to buy a game. So yeah, yeah, you got like Game Pass and stuff. So well, yeah. Game Pass, and then uh, <laughs> um, just buy it digitally online. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but there we go. All right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, the other thing I have to talk about is it actually goes back to uh, digital distribution and everything like that. Um, the PlayStation Store is removing access to over 300 movies and TV shows in Germany and Austria due to disputed ex- distributor Studio Canal. Now, I know this is TV and movies, but it still falls into the categories of they can do this for TVs and movies, they can do this for your games. In a translated legal notice to the PlayStation official website, it states, As of August uh, August 31st, 2022, due to our evolving license agreement with content providers, you will no longer be able to to view previously purchased Studio Canal content, and it will be removed from your video library. Uh, No points, nothing stated if they were going to get um, refunds for purchased content. And this isn't like really old obscure stuff like when Sony took the Vita or, you know, the PlayStation stuff, their early PlayStation stuff off the store. This is uh-huh. new stuff. Like they, they mentioned um, the entire John Wick series, the entire Saw series. Um, so current, you know, more modern current stuff like that. And plus it's, it's movies and TV, so it's not like it has to, you know, it's not like it's an old format of a hardware or anything like that. It's just... Uh, viewing but still this is an unsettling precedent um, because when you think about it how many people have their entire library is digital and they're not going to be able to do anything with it because of a licensing dispute Mm. yeah see if this was a bit different (coughs) in terms of you could still watch the things that you bought but you couldn't buy those same things. So let's, let's say, for example, it's a random film, The Dark Knight. Just a random example, right? Let's say today, The Dark Knight's on the PlayStation Store for $10. I don't know how much it is, I'm just throwing out random examples. And you go and buy The Dark Knight for $10, and that's your yours, it's tied to your PSN account, and you can watch it whenever you want. It's presuming that you buy it and don't rent it, because obviously renting's different. And then once August 31st arrives, you would take the ability to buy that film off of there but still watch the film but that's not what they're doing what you've described obviously is that they're taking away the license that you've bought 
Um, yeah, I don't know how that works. There's all sorts of, you know, license and legal mumbo-jumbo and uh, all that sort of stuff, but... Yeah, it's it's interesting what you mentioned just before you started reading because you said about a president for a precedent for um, you know what this could mean in the future because obviously we we buy games online as well that we have licenses to. So for example, like I've got the Crash trilogy, I've got Crash Four, I've got the two Abe games, I've got Last of Us One and Two, um, and some others that I've actually bought off the off the PlayStation Store, um, and even if I delete. Last of Us 2 or 1 or the Crash games, I can go into my library where all my games are listed, go and just click the download button because I've got the license for those games instead of needing to buy it again. Um, yeah, unless they give... We'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see, wait and see <coughs> up to August 31st to see what's going to happen. Like, are they going to give refunds and stuff like that? Because if not, then there needs to be a good explanation or reason as to why not I, I think I know what Sony's trying to do in a way because they did mention before some months back about like oh we're going to remove um, TV and film content from our PlayStation store because what I think Sony's trying to do and focus in on is because there's so many like you've got Last of Us TV show, you've got the Uncharted film franchise now beginning you got like Morbius and all this sort of stuff and Spider-Man films. Sony has got their own divisions now for obviously you've got Sony Pictures and you've got I think it's called PlayStation Productions or PlayStation Studios which is for things like Last of Us and there's going to be like the Twisted Metal series and the Horizon show and all that sort of thing. And I think what Sony wants to happen is when you think of Sony and then film and TV so if you're on your PlayStation 4 or 5 or whatever and you go to their TV and film section, what they probably want to have there is Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima film and, you know, Morbius and all this other kind of stuff instead of The Dark Knight or something. Because um, they want to make, like, a cross-brand sort of thing where you've got, hey, you've got your Last of Us games, you've got your Uncharted films, you've got your, you know, Twisted Metal TV shows. So across TV, film, and game, they want it to be... When you're in any of their stores digitally... On PlayStation, I think they just want you to see their stuff. Um, obviously, for games, it'd be a bit different because you've got like Red Dead Redemption Two and Cyberpunk, which aren't from them. But you see what I mean. So, um, what do you make of all this? And what's anyone yeah. do? That's the problem with digital distribution. I'm sorry, what? Okay, okay. That's the problem with digital distribution is that they can just snap a finger. And everything's gone. It's especially true with like PC games, because what happens if something happens to Valve, and uh, Steam shuts down? Literally, no way to play a PC game anymore without having a Steam account. I mean, hell, most computers these days don't even have a CD drive, so it's not like you can pop in a CD and play it. Mm. All the uh, all the licenses are digital, so without Steam, it doesn't authenticate and it doesn't launch. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is. I've never been a fan of it, but that's the way everything went, so I had to kind of go along with it. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So we'll see what Sony decides to do, um, and we'll go from there. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? That's really all I had. So okay, okay, fair enough. Um, right, let's move on to some emails and feedback for this week. We've got two to go through, um, so let's get into those. If you would like to write in to the show. Uh, to talk about anything that we've discussed 
related to games or anything that you would like to talk about, feel free to write in to matthewdentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page, information in your show notes. <coughs> There's also an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. Whew. Uh, Jamie uh, says, first time, long time. Welcome. Question from Matt. Are you ever going to review or talk about the bad Crash Bandicoot games? That's his first question. I like hearing you talk about them and would be interested in your thoughts on where the others went wrong. Uh, thanks for your question, Jamie. Um, I thought about that because um, I do have opinions on like, I mean, the funny thing is with that, like, I appreciate the question and everything. The funny thing is with that, I put this out there as a little example. Right. Go look at the box art for Crash Bandicoot 1, 2 and 3. For 4 as well if you want to do that. Then go and look at the box set for Crash of the Titans. And then go and look at the box set for Crash Mind Over Mutant. And when you do that, when you look at so Naughty Dogs games and then Toys for Bobs, Crash Bandicoot 4. And you look at them and you think... Okay, pretty pretty normal Crash Bandicoot content. And they say don't judge a book by its cover, but sometimes you can. Well, not judge a game, but analyse differences is, is the way to put that. You look at the box arts for those four games, specifically the original three, because the four tries to do, like, the, uh, Crash 4 tries to do multiverse stuff, which it fits within the story, it's all explained pretty well and everything. But Crash 1, 2 and 3 are a bit more grounded. And then you look at like, okay, why is there a mutant in this game? Why is there a titan? Why is Crash ti- Why is Crash on the back of a titan's back? And, you know, in the original three games, you do ride a polar bear, you do ride a tiger. But it makes sense because those are like Coco and Crash's pets. Or when you ride on the, the wild hog in Crash Bandicoot 1. But again, it's more grounded and things like that. And these are sort of like kind of everyday basic animals, whereas a titan isn't. But if you also look at the design of Crash Bandicoot in like Crash of the Titans or um, what was the other one I said, Mind of a Mutant, you might look at look at Crash's design individually and just try to get a sense of like, okay, things changed from there on out. Because you could look at Crash Wrath of Cortex's box art, which is the unofficial fourth Crash Bandicoot game. Although apparently in China, I think it's called Crash Bandicoot 4. You could look at that and still think, okay, Grounded Crash. That That is a grounded Crash game that is more normal. The difference with the original Crash games and something like Wrath of Cortex, and I've, I've described this a bit before because I did try to play the game about two, three years ago. And the way I describe my experience with it was Crash Wild of Cortex is like if you gave somebody a book and you said, here's a book that will tell you everything you need to know about making a Crash game. Levels, characters, you know, level design, personality, writing, uh, movesets, you know, all, all those sorts of things. And then before you give them the book, you rip half the pages out. So you've got like half of an idea of what's good because it's still got like the warp room stuff, the same level design, the same warp room design, roughly the same villains. Um, Cortex is still there. There's no titans or any weird stuff like that. 
Um, there's different elemental masks, which makes a certain amount of sense. But the thing that's missing from that game is a sense of soul and personality, which the game doesn't really have any. Also, Crunch is a very strange villain. If you look at the idea of Crash and Crunch, um, Crunch, what what Crunch is supposed to be is because Cortex failed his experiment with Crash and didn't make him properly in in the lab. He went to make the character called Crunch, which is supposed to be like a bad version of Crash Bandicoot. It's basically like a bigger, more muscular version of Crash Bandicoot. Now you look at Crunch, and you think, okay, mus- muscular, really, really, like much bigger version, like physical, a bigger and more physical version of the character than Crash is. And you would think when Cortex made Crunch, of like, oh, it's a physical battle, he's going to go and get him to physically beat Crash Bandicoot up. I don't think you have a physical fight with Crunch in the entire game. <laughs> so, like, there's no dueling or, like, any, anything like that. You do, like, go-kart races with, with with him at a certain point. Not go-kart racing, sorry. You do, um... Uh, you, you're on, like, a wheelbarrow thing on a track at some point. And that, that's an example of, like, you kind of had an idea here, but you, you didn't really execute it. In the Crash Bandicoot style. Um, but will I do something on them one day? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, if it gets to... I don't know. An, an anniversary. I, that wouldn't be something I'd randomly do and put out. I'd maybe put that out if... Um, there was a Crash event happening. Or some anniversary related to Crash. Or something like that. So that's probably when I'd do that. But that's just that's just a small example. Of um, why those games are different and not not so good so um any thoughts on any of that yourself honestly i just don't know the franchise enough to even comment on it mm. yeah yeah so um and beth writes in and says i know you have talked a lot about activision problems but where do you think so i think she's talking about the studio and uh, development and mismanagement not the uh allegations part which has gone really quiet by the way all of that discussion Again, legal stuff takes time. Uh, uh, the Activision problems. Uh, but where and when do you think it started? I'll tell you when it started. And what caused it. It was Warzone. Because there was an a, a, an event that happened. That triggered the start of when this all happened. So it was shortly after Crash Bandicoot 4 came out. And things were good. Um, we'd had the Spyro Trilogy remastered, we'd had the Crash Games remastered, Crash Team Racing remastered, Crash 4 had come out. Crash and Spyro fans were happy. Spyro fans were a little bit more hungry because Crash fans had had a couple more games, but there was a few more games to remaster. And one of the questions coming out of Spyro fans' mouths were, okay, you gave them a fourth game, Crash fans, you know, we got our remastered trilogy, but when do we get a fourth game? And even though I'm not a Sparrow fan, I turned around to that and I said, I agree, I hope you do get your fourth game. You enjoyed the first three, Toys for Bob made those. If they get the chance to, or one of these studios like Vicarious Visions, uh, gets a chance to make Crash 4, uh, a Sparrow 4, I'd be happy to see that for that community. And if that's a good game, then it makes, then you've, Activision simply got happy Crash and Sparrow fans. Nothing wrong with that, right? That, That sounds good. Meanwhile, you're still cranking out COD games. 
um, maybe then you go back and you give Tony Hawk another remaster, because then they'd, they'd maybe be the next ones that we do. Maybe that 3 and 4 remaster. That didn't happen. So things were at a stable point. Uh, after, uh, it was after Crash 4 came out. And then they dropped the news that Toys for Bob were moving to Warzone support development. And that was the start of all of this studio mismanagement, all these teams being moved around all over the place. That was what kicked it off. Because Warzone was free to play, but it started earning loads of money. Uh, Cold War and Vanguard were not doing well. Um, or Neither of those games did well. Uh, apart from sales, Vanguard still sold very well, but was not well received at all. And then they started moving everybody about all over the place. They moved, what was it, Vicarious Visions to... Um, Blizzards. They moved Toys for Bob to COD support or wh wh whatever ones they did with each of these studios. And now we have no idea what's going on. So where this all started, it w it was that sequence of events. Toys for Bob releases Crash Bandicoot 4. Um, some people didn't like how hard it was. Obviously it's a difficult game. Well received. Sells relatively well. Okay, where's the next Spyro game? Nope, we're going to move Toys for Bob to COD Warzone support. That was where all, all this uh, started, and I remember the day the day that news came out, and I was watching. I think I was watching a Kadikra sorry, stream. He, he wasn't live, I think, but I was watching the video of his streams of of Crash Four, and someone in the live because it was like an you know like the archive of the Twitch stream that he did that I was watching on YouTube, and somebody asked in the chat like, "Oh, did you hear about Toys for Bob being moved to?" Warzone, and every single person in those comment sections was like, yep, yeah, this is bad, this is bad, this is really, really bad. And even myself at the time, I was like, ah, we'll, we'll see where this goes. I had my suspicions about, like, hmm, Warzone's like a big money maker, Like a really, really big money maker. So much so that you move nine studios over there, eventually. That's how much of a big money maker it is. It, it was the GT, I don't know about the same money equivalent but it was the GTA online for Activision that's what Warzone had become and I suppose business wise if you look at that and you think hey this thing's making us a ton of money let's just move all our resources over there or 90% of them so but yeah that that was the critical point Crash 4 came out and then they moved Toys for Bob um, or Vicarious Visions wh whichever one it was they moved one of those over to Warzone um, anything you want to say about that Robert? No, I mean, I don't really know enough about that franchise to even guess at it, so. <clears throat> yeah, so. Uh, and they, they shouldn't have done it. And now in terms of, because I, I, I made a prediction at some point, at some point in the development and release of the Spyro games and Crash games, and I said what I think they should do is every other year release a Spyro game, then release a Crash game, and then maybe on an off year or the third rotation, do some sort of crossover game or a crash team racing game or a party game or you know something like, like a party game or something like that some sort of crash bash-esque thing or one where the two can cross over or the two sets of characters can cross over um i didn't think i'd be wrong but then i didn't know what activision quite had planned but neither did ne neither did the people that got laid off from those dev teams ne even knew so you know how was i to know that but um yeah apparently that stuff, my, my prediction of what might have happened there isn't going to really be happening. And for Tony Hawk's future, I have no idea. 
I have no idea because we we do know that that game actually got cancelled, like the three and four remaster. So, because at the mo at this moment in time, in terms of Wampa League, I have no idea what's going on with that game, or if it's even that, and that might have even been cancelled. Who knows? So, we shall see. Anyway, that's what we got for you for this week's gaming talk episode. Uh, Robert, thanks for joining me again this week. And we'll be back next week, of course, again with another one. If you want to find our uh, other podcasts for TV, games, films, and main night podcasts, you can find all of them over on entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms uh, by searching for Entertainment Talk. You can also support us, like I said, by listening to other episodes. You can also just simply tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find it just by telling them about, well, what we can do, what we're doing and where they can find us and all that sort of thing. Uh, social media, share the podcast around on those different platforms and that sort of thing. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tier for the ad-free podcast and review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, for your TV and your film news at the moment, uh, Geek Town Radio is not um, ongoing at the moment because David's on holiday. It's not cancelled. David's on holiday at the moment, so he's not able to record episodes right now. He is still posting TV and film news, like the actual news post over on Geek Town. So still go over to geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. Uh, for all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, for co- Twitch content as well. Uh, Bex is streaming very regularly. Uh, she's doing retro games. Tomb Raider. Chat streams. All that sort of good stuff. You can find her by searching for Trista. B-Y-T-E-S over on Twitch. So go and check out what she's up to. Over there you can also find me on Twitch as well. At eTalkUK for my different gaming streams. And the FIFA career mode episodes. If you've missed any of those or the game clips. They're all up to date and archived at the moment. Over on YouTube. Entertainment Talk plays and remember for any youtube channel even if you're subscribed go and check the channel manually (laughs) it's my advice anyway thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye goodbye